Welcome to another episode of Rippin' Hoops 2023 edition. Happy New Year's, Carson. How are you doing? Yeah, happy New Year's to everyone. Uh, thought the Blazers would get off to a hotter start to begin the year, but um, just another tough kind of game at the end of the the late game situation and late game management uh, with Chauncey. Two of the three games uh, this week were just kind of, they're brutal to watch in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and foul trouble did not hurt tonight. Just pretty much everyone had four or five fouls, making it really tough to defend. There was a situation of Edwards going to the rim where Nurk really just couldn't do anything because he had five fouls. And I think Simons did as well pretty early on. He got that early in the fourth. But that's never helpful. And just a lot of iso ball to end the game. Not really much defense. We saw this against the Warriors and the Wolves. We didn't see it against the Pistons because the game was pretty much over by that point. But let's start off with the Warriors game. Last Friday, this game came on three full days of rest. The Blazers played the Monday before and then basically sat out the whole time. Gary Payton did not play. I know we talked about the possibility of that going into this game, but his debut did not come on the road against the Warriors, which I am happy Blazers only had eight healthy bodies going into this game, so starters played, you know, between 42 and 45 minutes, which was not great. Uh, We came out flat, started down 9-0, and we ended the game really poorly, as you said. What do you think of the kind of the second and third quarters when we did play well? Yeah, um, like you said, coming out flat 9-0, I think that could have been uh, basically the three full days of rest. They just had to get back into the flow. Um, yeah, and basically the first and the fourth quarter kind of killed us, and the second and the third were just uh, the opposite, where I thought they played really, really well offensively, um, and I thought they played really well defensively in the second quarter, um, and it just led to easier baskets on the offensive side. Um, I wouldn't say the shooting was great. I would just say that um, the scoring just off, like, I mean, Anthony had 22, Dame had 34, Grant almost had 20, but none of them really shot well from three. So um, they were hitting, you know, mid mid uh, pull-up jump shots, getting to the lane, that kind of stuff. Golden State really doesn't have a interior presence, really. Um, so uh, just getting easier shots, and it was because they were getting stops on the other side. Yeah, like you said, it wasn't like a great shooting night, but also not terrible. I think the biggest problem was that In the first quarter, we gave up 41 points, so terrible defense in the first quarter. And then fourth quarter, we just couldn't score 16 points. I believe we only scored two points in like the last five minutes. So that's just not going to work out, especially in Golden State where they are 16-2 and at home. And it's just pretty much impossible to beat them. On the other side, Jordan Poole had 41 points, shot very efficiently, 5 of 10 from three. And then Clay 7 of 15 for three for... 31 points. So when the Warriors come out shooting as they did, which was really good, basically 40% from the game and the Blazers, you know, they get good shooting nights from Dame. Not, not the most efficient, but 34 points from Dame, 22 from Simons, and then just not much else to go around. Blazers were out Nurkic in this game, but on the other side, Warriors were out Curry and Wiggins. So I would not even say that balances out. That's probably advantage blazers in the injury column yeah and like you said the warriors are 16 and 2 they were just they were in the middle of a five game homestand and 
every single one of those home stands, uh, they were down kind of in the fourth quarter and came back and won. Um, I would say that they probably have the biggest home court advantage of anybody, just how the crowd reacts and how loud it gets in that building. Just feels like it was deafening just through the TV just to watch it. Um, and just, again, just not taking care of the ball in the fourth quarter, had six fourth quarter turnovers. And that's what kind of led to Golden State ending the game on a 16-2 to two run. Uh, like you said, only scoring two points in the last quarter. And the refs in the, la- in the last few minutes, not the last quarter. Yeah, la- yeah, last few minutes, last five minutes. And um, talk about the refs a lot. The refs were not very good in this game, not letting basically any any one of our guards, especially Dame, get any separation at all in the fourth quarter. They were letting DiVincenzo and Kaminga just hand check and body and everything. And um, yeah, their offensive execution was pretty bad down the stretch, kind of a lot of isolation ball. But I thought the refs let Golden State's guards and forwards get away with a lot of contact uh, in the fourth quarter, especially. Yeah, and not to like blame the refs, really, because we shouldn't be blowing that lead. But at the same time, it wasn't ideal. And we did make a big comeback. So there was a lot of effort on our end in the second and third quarter. And it's hard to put it on, you know, we were tired in the fourth quarter because we'd had so much time off. But we did play um, 41 minutes for Hart, 42 for Dame, 41 for Grant. Only 35 for Simons. I really don't think it's the problem, but it is something to point out. And then wasn't this the game where we kind of, we just ran out of timeouts. Like Chauncey used a bunch early and then we lost one when Hart was stuck at half court. Just not the best game management. I believe we got a five second violation as well. Yeah. And which... a lot of it was because a lot of it was because of like the runs and just like the, the stadium presence that they were presenting. Like Warriors went on a couple of just eight oh nine oh runs. And he just had to use those timeouts. Um, but yeah, down the stretch, they didn't have enough. Um, and a lot of that was just because he had to call him early. And my, I don't know, I'm a little disappointed we didn't give Baji like two minutes just to see what was up. And then if he played well, keep playing him. You think that's. Yeah, I I, I mean, I don't I, the same kind of thing tonight. Like, I wonder if Baji could play. I mean, it's the tallest player on the Blazers um, against Gobert and. We'll talk about it later, but everyone having foul trouble, I don't see why he didn't just go out there. Maybe not in the fourth quarter, but when Nurk and Eubanks had some foul trouble in the first half to just throw him out like the last two or three minutes of the half or something. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really hurt to try, especially in a game where you only have eight players. It might be the best time to, to give him a run. Um, But I do understand it's the Warriors. You have to be pretty perfect to win, but... I mean, I know the Warriors did make these two comebacks, but they also blew a 21-point lead against the Hawks. And uh, I can't quite remember how much we were up by. I think we were up by or down by 18 in this game and made a big comeback. So it's it's like they're perfect in the fourth quarter, but not necessarily perfect at home. They've been figuring it out. That probably has a lot to do with Kerr just out-coaching Billups in this one. But not a great loss. I'd say this is probably the worst of the year at this point. It would have been a pretty big win if we'd won this one and then went into the Pistons game with Peyton coming back, won that one. We probably would have a lot more momentum right now. But unfortunately, the Blazers lose 118-112 at the Chase Center. Yeah, and I mean, looking at looking back at it, yes, like it's a bad loss, but on paper, you're probably supposed to lose that game in Golden State with their record right now at 16-2, and two, the best in the in the, in the the 
NBA. So um, it's a game we should have had, but on paper, we probably would have. It's probably an L. Yeah, especially without Nurkic. Even though they're out Curry and Wiggins, they're a better team than us right now, and they were at home. Um, Lillard shot poorly, and they shot well. So probably did or would have been kind of a steal if we had won the game. But in the end, the Warriors stole the game just the way they came back in the last few minutes. But um, the good news to kind of turn this around was Gary Payton was announced to be playing against the Pistons. He finally came back. I didn't believe he finally it came back. And he is out again, but it's just an ankle sprain, totally separate injury. That's going to be another two months, probably. <laughs> and people are upset about it, but I mean, you saw the video. It's not like it's not like it didn't happen. That's kind of just a luck thing. It is mm. unfortunate. Maybe, honestly, in the long run, it'll be good. Gives him a little bit extra time to get back, and fans won't be quite as upset now that he's still, you know, not played a game in the uniform. But let's talk about his debut. I thought it was really, really good. Um, he did come down with that ankle sprain pretty early, was limping around, but he was playing tough, playing through it. Kind of looked like he hurt his wrist a little too. He just looked like a guy who hadn't played in a long time, but it was weird. He was limping around, yet he was still diving on the floor, making lot passes to Sharp, hitting a corner three, stealing it inbounds, dunking the ball. I mean, it seemed like his presence just made the team play better defense. We had yeah. skills in the game. Um, I believe Lillard. Season had, high. Season high in steals. Yeah, I think Lillard had four, didn't he? Uh, yeah, Lillard and uh, I would say Eubanks. Lillard and Eubanks had four. Um, so yeah, I mean, very energetic from Lillard on the defensive side. Um, he wasn't really looking for a shot a lot because we know that Jeremy was kind of going off and Ant was going off. So, um, kind of just was playing the playmaking role and playing defense. And I would say that they're Detroit's guards aren't really threatening at all. I would say um, Ivy's very raw still, and um, a lot of people have different takes on Killian. Actually, Killian Hayes didn't play in this game. It was yeah, it was Suspended. Ivy. And, yeah, it was Ivy, Burks, and Joseph. Right, so yeah, there's really no, there's no really threat there, um, even for a guy that's not the greatest on defense in Dame. So he was a lot more aggressive, um, and yeah, they just played really good defense, poking the ball out a lot, um, cutting passing lanes, and. Yeah, um, I thought it was a really good game overall, especially coming off of a hard loss in Golden State. Yeah, and I want to correct myself. I guess we had 16 steals, actually. Keon had two as well. Um, Lillard had two. Or, sorry, Lillard had four. Simons had two. Keon had two. Um, so just good all-around team defense. I hope Peyton has something to do with that. I think he did. It's really nice, especially when Simons and Lillard are playing defense, but yeah, like you said, it just Bogdanovich outside of him, there's just not much there. I, I haven't seen City Bay play in person much and I expected better. He just didn't really shoot the ball that much, which is surprising for a guy who's had I think he's had a forty point game in his career, hasn't he? He's had fifty. I think I yeah, I know I know I Kevin Porter Jr. had a fifty. Year. I'm not sure if Bay did, but may I, I I believe you. Um so it's kind of weird for a guy to shoot six points like that yeah or i mean detroit, six times detroit's gonna be at the end of the year probably the worst record i would think 
because um, you think of the guys that are actually putting up numbers for them right now um, in Bagdanovich and probably Bay. Um, they're going to be guys that aren't going to be with the team very much longer. Um, they're going to probably be traded to contenders or people that are trying to contend. Probably Burks um, too. And Burks, yeah. Like I think Bagdanovich really fits in with Dallas. I think he fits in with Indiana very well. Um, so I feel like he's going to be definitely traded at the trade deadline. I know Sadiq Bey is on an expiring deal, so um, maybe they want to build around him and Ivy and Duran, but he could be another guy traded. But, yeah, it's a team that's already has the worst record in the NBA, and, and they're not going to get any better. So um, it was good that they took care of business at home. Um, we talked about Peyton coming back. Nurk came back after an illness, but he really didn't come back. He looked very sick. Like, he didn't look very healthy on the floor. He just didn't look right. Um, and he was pulled early, and Eubanks played a lot of minutes. And I think Eubanks would have played a lot of minutes no matter what, just the how aggressive and how well he was playing defensively. Eubanks was just an animal in this game. He had that sequence where he blocked a shot, sprinted down the floor, caught a lob, you know, screamed in the crowd, and then a few minutes later got a little hook shot and one fell over, slid backwards, screamed up, looking at the motor center roof. It was just awesome. Um, that was a lot of fun. And then that Gary Payton lob to sharp was awesome. It was just honestly an easy game to watch because after we were down maybe like six midway through the second, we basically just dominated the rest of the game. One interesting thing was that it looks like Jabari Walker has taken trending Watford's spot in the rotation, which I think you and I both like Watford as far as basketball like you, but I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit surprised. I do think Walker should get minutes because of how much he hustles, but I do I do like Watford out there once in a while. Yeah. Um definitely in this game and then tonight, of course, like he got all the minutes and Watford got zero. Um, but yeah, Jabari's very active on the glass. I feel like Watford is, like you said, one of the highest IQs on the team. He's kind of our he can be at times like our Draymond Green on the floor where he's not scoring, but he's getting rebounds and he's pushing the ball up the court and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Walker's in there because he's a three or a four that can rebound. Um, I would say he just needs to finish a little bit more stronger on the rim. He had a dunk tonight that I liked, but um, I would say if he was able, if he learned how to score, he'd be, he'd be very good. He'd be, um, he could be a three and D guy for us that can guard the three and the four. So um, getting him more minutes in his rookie year is fine. Um, I think Watford still is a better player right now, but yeah, I can see the, I can see the liking in Walker. Yeah. I mean, and it didn't help that Watford had maybe the worst game I've ever seen against Detroit. He had 11 minutes, one point, four fouls, three turnovers, zero blocks, steals, assists, rebounds. So that was not pretty for him. And then Jabari Walker coming off the game against Golden State where he kept, he kept a lot of possessions alive. Um, and then in this game, solid stats. I mean, four points, six rebounds in 20 minutes. So nothing too bad along with the block. But I don't know. I think that'll be going back and forth um, for a while now of who, get, who gets those minutes. I don't think it's solidified. And another good thing from this game was Shaden played well. It looked like he... Kind of had a pep in his step. I don't know if he's worried to lose his rotation spot to Gary Payton, which obviously he will lose some minutes, but I'm sure he wants to keep keeps him as well. But he had that nice alley-oop in this game. Um, he had the three-pointer, and then tonight against Minnesota, 
he had the and one where he then missed the free throw, but then stole the ball and got a three at the first quarter buzzer. So hopefully he's kind of getting back into his groove. But Blazers win this one, 135-106. Moda Center fans were singing Sweet Caroline during the timeouts. It was just a good night, but... Yeah, he's... I mean you're 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 I mean yeah, you're usually not singing um yeah to a to a to a goody oldie song, like really unless you're just like comfortably in hand basically the whole game. Yeah. I mean the game was just it was just over. The ref kept calling fouls. And we were like, Oh, we got work tomorrow. Come on, let's let's end this one. But it was good. Much better than the game tonight against the Wolves where the Blazers lost 113 to 106. Um, It really wasn't that close down the stretch. Like it was with a few minutes left, but Blazers kind of just totally blew it in the last few minutes. And it was always within five to 10 points. Um, Gary Payton, like I said, did not play in this game because of the ankle injury. Nurkic did return after leaving, um, you know, early in the previous game. And then Rudy Gobert did not very play, did not, play very well Luca Garza he played well in the fourth quarter though but yeah yeah but we were kind of giving him dunks it was it was kind of and we didn't and we didn't really have size so yeah um the minutes from Garza I thought were a lot better um and they were spreading the ball and moving the ball a lot better than when I thought they had Gobert on the floor yeah Garza had 14 points hit a three five of five um not that many boards but yeah a lot better than uh than we've seen him it just looked of... like it looked it looked like the old it looked like last year's Timberwolves team where they had a big in Garza who's replacing the injured towns, but having a big that can spread the floor and Edwards can go one on one um and get to the lane. And we know how strong he is and how confident he is at the lane. Like it just seemed like their offense was a lot better when uh, Gobert was not on the floor. Yeah, Edwards, 32 points in this game, uh, 11 of 26, but still made a big impact both on the boards and scoring. Um, And when the Blazers shoot only 44%, then obviously Edwards doesn't need to be as efficient as always. But I don't know. This wasn't – this was not a great showing from the team. Lillard had 27 on 7 of 18 shooting, and Grant had 26. He was – pretty unbelievable in the first half and then he left in the third quarter with a I think it was a quad you know a thigh I don't know was it a contusion yeah contusion yeah Yeah. whatever fancy word they want to throw out there Shaden again good in this game like I mentioned the sequence earlier um also had a steal and basically you know we're not expecting the world from Shaden but when we see 13 points five of seven shooting that's more like what we what we were seeing in the beginning of the year uh, rather than what we've been seeing over the last few weeks. So I think that was a positive to take from this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, like, I don't think they played terrible tonight. I, I feel like the first half was just a little bit – I was struggled to watch at times just because how much they're turning the ball over. Like, the first half they had 12 turnovers. If you put that into, like, every possession of the first half, that's like they're turning the ball over – once every four times, 25% of their possessions, they were turning the ball over. So to, to really only be down seven at half, when you think of that, is okay. Um, and a lot of that was because of Grant, who had 20 in the first half and um, had three steals in the first half. So he was basically keeping us in the game single-handedly. Um, but, yeah, they just 
when you when you have when you turn the ball over that many that many times it just throws your offense out of a out of a groove and like you're really not able to get into any rhythm and it felt like Dame and Simons and especially Hart like they just they just couldn't get into any any rhythm. I mean Lillard had 27 tonight, but 11 of them came to the free throw line and he didn't really even hit most of his free throws. If he had a normal light from the free throw line, we might have been closer, um, making it like a one possession game um, down the stretch instead of two. So it was just, we just really couldn't get into any groove. And I think a lot of that was just because of how sloppy we were uh, in the first half. Yeah. And I think one thing that really killed us was Josh Hart tonight, 1.04 shooting two rebounds for him. He did have two blocks and a steal. One of the, one of the big ones on Gobert that got overturned through a challenge, but it's just tough when a team can basically not guard a player. Um, so that was not that was definitely not helpful tonight. We know he is hesitant shooting, but there are times when he still is productive offensively, especially on the boards. But tonight was not one of those nights. Um, I mean, it's concerning. Yeah, I would when say he gets... that I would say all the games against Minnesota, he just has not. He, I think it's just a bad matchup for him, and I think a lot of that is because you have a presence of Gobert in the in the lane that's going to hog all the rebounds. Um, but yeah, yeah like McDaniel's is long, Anderson's long. Like, but yeah, he only slower. averages like he he averages only about six points a game and about four rebounds against Minnesota this year in three games. So it's the it's one of the I think us I think we played Denver, Phoenix, and now Minnesota three times. Like it's just it it's not normal for Josh Hart to have those numbers. But yeah, like you said, there's just so much length on Minnesota that he's just not able to be as good as he usually is. Yeah, and when, when one of your starters just basically has zero points, zero impact, it's just it's just going to be hard to win, especially when the, the Wolves get so much from their rotation players. Um, I believe they had 30, 41 points off the bench, and we only had 26. So that's just, that's just not going to get it done. But Blazers lose 113-106, like I said. It's not the end of the world like many people want to act like it is. The Wolves are not terrible. Um, they've honestly been better without Cat for parts of the season. But I still do think that we've shown a lot of weaknesses. And, you know, the 2-3 the zone that we were playing in the beginning of the year, is, I don't even really see us do it that much anymore, which kind of just shows that teams really did catch on. and We stopped. We stopped really going to it. Yeah, um, maybe it comes back a little bit more with Peyton coming back into the mix. Somebody that's a little more actively um, and active on defense. But, yeah, the defense just hasn't been very great. But I would say um, I would say the two games this week, I would say that the offense kind of brought us down in the in the in crunch time. Yeah, and there was a stretch in the fourth um, and late third where three possessions in a row, Anthony Simons dribbled the ball between his legs and just – took terrible shots and just didn't even look to pass the ball, which was a little bit concerning. But at the same time, I think we had a unit of he, Sharp, Keon, um, Jabari, Jabari Walker, and, and Eubanks. Eubanks. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I mean, those are all talented guys, but that is a lot. Those are all guys that would thrive in a, a tanking situation. Yeah. Right? or like guys if, that you're trying, would... if you're trying to go for a playoff spot and right now, the Blazers just by watching it, like, I mean, there's really no team that's really just standing out, but like the the roster they have projected, they're they're a six seed at best, 
So they're going to, if they want to go for it, they're going to have to add something at the break. Or if it keeps kind of going like this turmoil, just like back and forth and in the year, like 40 and 42 or 41, 41, like, I don't know. You got to think about making a trade. Yeah. And I, I think like, I mean, I don't want to make a total sellout win now move when we probably aren't going to have a chance to win now, but if we do make a trade, it seems like Josh Hart's going to be the guy. Yeah. You think of like, I mean, it has to be Josh. It has to be Josh or Jeremy. And just the way no, that Jeremy's no, not playing. Jeremy, not Jeremy. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying how it, how the contracts add up, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, it has to be Josh or Jeremy, and the way that Jeremy's played, basically, it's been the best blazer all year. You have to keep Jeremy, um, and sign that contract with Jeremy. So, um, Josh would be the one that has to go. I think we all like Josh and how tough he plays, but if it's between Jeremy and Josh, like, Jeremy's just he's he like you like we've been talking about it. He's he's been the best blazer all year, and there's games when him and Dame play and Jeremy looks like the best player on the court. Like tonight. Yeah. Until, until he got hurt. He was, he looked like the guy that's, you know, basically carrying them offensively. Well, Lillard, I mean, looking at his numbers, he's actually, I I thought I would look and see that he's been very inefficient shooting wise this year. Turns out this is actually his third most efficient shooting year. Um, the only years that were better were 1920 and 2021. But turnovers wise, I believe this is his most 3.4 a game. So we definitely can see that there. And I think a lot of it's just been, you know, he's played, he's been hurt a little bit, only played 24 games this year, I believe. Um, and then when he's out there, sometimes he just looks like he's got some nagging injury. So it's not like we sit, we think Grant is, you know, had a better career than Lillard or is a better player in their prime but right now this season he's been better and i think i think i mean i think some people don't agree with that but i think you and i are pretty pretty clearly in agreement with, with that yeah and i mean hope hopefully things turn around a little bit i know that uh, we've been saying this for a while but it just seems like the blazers have played all of their games on the road and uh this this upcoming stretch i mean 12 of the next 15 are going to be at home so we just we gotta take care of business, and I feel like if we just go through a spill where we're seven and eight through that, like, I, it's, I think something's gonna happen. We gotta I mean, we gotta win at least ten. You would think. Yeah, we've played twenty two games on the road out of our thirty seven games. So we played the. I think I think there's a stat. I think we played the least amount of home games of any team in the NBA. So, yeah, which is going to make for a real busy month for me. I think I, I have ten Blazer games upcoming this month. Yeah, so to. out of the out of the fifteen games left, uh, in the in the rest of the uh the the month, twelve of them are at home. Yeah, there's like ten in twenty days or something. It's it's actually kind of crazy, but yeah, Blazers. Hopefully, they can get back on track soon, but. For the rest of the NBA, there's been a lot of a lot of big stories and a lot of scoring. Donovan Mitchell had 71 points, 11 assists, and eight rebounds against Chicago. He was 20 of 25 at the line that game, so very efficient shooting. 22 of 34, I believe. It was just yeah. Like, I, I mean, I couldn't believe it when I saw that stat line. One thing I'm watching in these games, like the, I mean, he had 71, which is great, which is the most since Kobe. Um another overtime another crazy ending to get the game into overtime so i've watched 
the last four times that someone has tried to miss the free throw intentionally, they've gotten it back. So I watched the Luca one where he got the rebound and put it back up to go to overtime in his 60-point triple-double. And then there was a game, Dallas and San Antonio, where Dallas fouled Trey Jones down three with uh, like three seconds. He made the first one, and then he missed it on purpose, got his own rebound, got fouled again. But then he missed – no, he made the first free throw. They missed the second one. Luca got the rebound. They fouled Luca. Luca missed the first one, so he missed the second one on purpose. And then he got his rebound there. And then Donovan Mitchell did the same thing in this game to send the game to overtime. It feels like everyone – like they went to geometry class or something, and they found out the right way to do it. Like you would <laughs> think that – you would think that like – this is like the equivalent play to like an onside kick in football. Like it usually never happens. Right. But the last four times it's happened, like last four times the opportunity has been available, they've gotten it. So I don't know what's happened um, with getting your offensive rebound on a, on a mid, like intentionally missing a free throw. Yeah. I mean, when Luca did, it was one of the craziest endings I've ever seen. And then I was watching the Mitchell highlights, not really sure what went down. And then I see he has 55 points in the second half and he does this, intentionally missed free throw puts it back in the layup to tie the game and go to overtime it is pretty ridiculous and the scoring numbers are ridiculous lately i think a lot of people are trying to put explanations behind it i think a lot of it is just kind of a aberration a lot of guys are hot right now but i mean definitely the spacing the three-point shooting maybe even the amount of foul calls that are being called this year i know refs have been pretty whistle happy with travels and yeah like that but yeah, you'd say that the the two games like you like you talked about with Mitchell is like with the the two biggest games so far this year, which have been Luca and Donovan Mitchell, they've been able to get to the line over twenty times, right? So they've been able to get a lot of uh, easy points. Um, and yeah, like you said, like just the out outpouring and scoring, like this is the, uh with Durant scoring forty tonight, it's the eighty ninth time a player's eclipsed forty points this year. Um, in the previous record was in 1961, where it was 142 for the whole season. But a lot of that was just because Wilt Chamberlain averaged 50, right? So um, one guy was basically doing it all the time. Out of the 89, I don't know how many different players have done it, but I've, I know it's probably over double digits. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure we could name 10 right now if we wanted. But I I just, that night alone, I mean, Clay had 54 points. Only same like game. DeRozan had, DeRozan had forty-five. Yeah, and then Giannis had over forty that night. I, I'm pretty sure there were like six or seven or eight guys. LeBron with had that night. over forty. And like, I mean, all this got, what all this got kind of overshadowed in the in the sports world by the sad football story, which we won't get too much into. But I know you probably want to mention um, that kind of took over the news that night, rightfully so. But and I think. Was this the same night? No, this was not LeBron's birthday night, but the, all these guys that got 40 points were like, you know, probably really excited to be all over the sports world and they go home and 71 points for Donovan Mitchell makes 40 look like nothing. Yeah, I mean, a lot like um, I was I was actually supposed to go to the Detroit game, but I didn't really uh, go to it because I wanted to watch the, the football game because it was such a big game. And of course, um, the, the, the sad thing with uh, Mr. Hamlin, um, who's in? Who had a cardiac arrest? Is in critical condition. So we hope the best for him. 
and hopes for some good news um, in the upcoming days. I know he's getting a little bit better, but he's still uh, in an induced coma. So we hope for the best for him and hope for some good news. But uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, it was just a, it was a weird night in sports, um, especially seeing that. Um, and then basically the, and then the NBA just kind of went on. I, I, I would expect the NBA to go on. They didn't really um, know what was going on, but it was weird just going from a, that to the Blazer game where everybody's all energetic and stuff like that. It was a weird night being at home watching sports for sure. I know you were at the game, so you probably didn't see all the the Instagram stuff and everything. And um, but yeah, yeah no, I'd heard, but I didn't see the video. I didn't really know how bad it was. Some people had texted me. I didn't didn't really know, and the Blazers didn't know either. I mean, they did two celebrations where they were doing CPR on a guy. You know how teams do because they just they didn't know like that, like that like because yeah because because Jeremy Grant was technically like he was unconscious so they were doing that yeah. yeah and he was laying on the ground in front of the bench but they they had no idea and it kind of showed you know how the news hadn't spread really to those who weren't on their phone yet but later in the night that was all that was talked later about. in the night and the next the next day it was just it um I would say the only people that really covered in the Mitchell seventy one point game was. NBA TV, every every other, every other broadcast was all about Hamlin, which is rightly so. I mean, um, Mitchell had a great game, but the game compared to someone's life. So, um, like, and like I know you're not, I mean, I know you're not, I know you're not the biggest football fan, but like, it's just we just want to send our uh, wishes to his family and him. Just hope for a speedy recovery. Yeah, my football fandom doesn't doesn't really matter there. It's of course best of luck to him, and you know, I know Mitchell probably isn't that upset about, you know, the lack of coverage he got, because obviously life is way more important than sports, but, you know, it probably would have been, he probably would have preferred it happened on a different night, just he kind of got unlucky there, and that's nobody's fault, but 71 points is a huge accomplishment that should be, should be talked about, you know, days later, like right now, for what it deserves, Um, most in a game since Kobe Bryant, and it wasn't like he was being a ball hog, I mean, 22 of 34 is incredibly efficient, he just blew up shooting the three point. Yeah, three the, over, the overtime period, the day he, he couldn't miss. It, it was, was like ridiculous. A, yeah, it was a. Uh, I mean, we've seen it a couple of times from Dame, but like it's just like, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like he just couldn't miss. They're bringing double, triple teams at him, and just unstoppable. It was a game where they didn't have Garland or Mobley, so it was basically Donovan Mitchell and guys like Kevin Love. And carries Levert kind of doing the offensive load, but yeah, he's he just single handedly beat the Bulls. Um, so super performance by him. Yeah, I mean, I I would not mark him as the guy that I think I get seventy one, and that's nothing against him. It's just that's a very rare accomplishment. I would I probably think that Dame was more likely, but I mean, I'd be shocked if I ever see a guy score seventy points in person in my life. So that's kind of a once in a lifetime thing to to even watch that live you got to be watching the right game that's you know that hasn't happened and i don't know what year kobe did it but since i've watched basketball the only time that this happened was devin booker and it was 70 it wasn't 71 so. and it was 70 in the game he got blown out in yeah and they were so, keeping him yeah. in when they were yeah. losing and fouling so they could get more points yeah so yeah the um two like one it's one of the best performances that i've ever seen so um, props to Mitchell. 
Yeah, and another incredible scoring performance. The Thunder last last night, or was it two nights ago? Last night. Yeah, they beat the Celtics, who had Tatum and Brown, and they did not have SGA. They scored 150 points, and they absolutely blew out the Celtics. Um, I think the final score, let's see, final score was 117 to 150. So they beat them by 33 points, which is just, I mean, as soon as we say, at least me, at least I said, I think the Celtics are going to win the title. They just start doing things like this. People start blaming uh, Joe Missoula. I don't, I don't really know what to think. I don't watch that team enough. Obviously, we can't watch all 82 games of all 30 teams, but it's concerning. Yeah, um, like you said, like scoring 150 points, which is a team record for the Thunder slash Supersonics. And the Celtics um, pride themselves on their defense. Yeah, like early in the year, we were talking about how good they were defensively, um, number one uh, defense in the league. And lately, they've just been kind of lackadaisical on defense, kind of similar to the Blazers, just not not communicating enough um, and just letting guys just go off on them. Um, but, yeah, 150 points um, in regulation, too, like not overtime. So, like, 150 points in regulation is is crazy. Like, that's – what is that? 40 how many how many points is that 35 points a quarter um more yeah, it's like 37.5 i think don't yeah. don't check don't check my math but i think that's i think right. i think you're right it's like 37.5 um but yeah that's that's crazy and you know you're giving up points to isaiah joe and and lou dort like not not household names um i don't know i mean i think that jalen williams like the guard um, from Santa Clara is really good. Um, he's been really good for them, um, offensively and defensively. And if we were to do a redraft, I don't know, I might have, I might take him over Jabari just the way he's been playing. Guy's a guy's a baller. Yeah, the Thunder have seemed to be. I mean, I don't know if it's just because they've so many, but they seem to hit pretty well in their draft picks. I I'd think of him as more of a forward than a guard personally. Um, I mean, he's, he's six six, so he's probably a small forward, shooting guard, power forward type guy. But dude is dude is really good. I watched him when he came played at Gonzaga a couple times in college. Um, he always stood out, and he's the better of the Jalen Williams on the team, at least so far. I mean, Jabari Smith. Hopefully, he can turn into something. It's hard to overreact, but from what we've seen so far, you're definitely right. Yeah. Um, and then another thing we'll talk about. Um. We were thinking maybe that the Nets would come in with a 13-game winning streak, but they lost tonight against the Bulls. Um, so Did you hear there. their uh, – uh, Ryan Rossillo, I believe it was Rossillo, had one of their reporters on his podcast and kind of got his opinion on the team. The reporter thinks – I mean, this is the same reporter that argued with Kyrie about the anti-Semitic tweets and also about the vaccine. Um, but he thinks that – the Nets have gotten better. One because, um, gosh, what's their what's their coach's name right now? Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn. Um, apparently he's just not even making them practice anymore. The doesn't they don't do shoot arounds. All they do is play games. Um, they just literally do nothing but games. They don't spend time together. They don't go out to dinners. <laughs> he basically wanted to make the job as as less as it, you know, least time commitment as possible. And it's been playing well, but he thinks that a lot of it has to do with the fact that they've just played easy teams lately. Um, 
I don't know. I just, I wondered, you know, I haven't been watching all the games. I thought that they were probably turning into a really good team. But when I heard that, I kind of thought less of it. And then tonight, um, a little bit of, you know, confirmation bias with them losing to the Bulls. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that just, I mean, record-wise, they've kind of jumped into a contender in the East. Um, and just the way that Kevin Durant's been playing, playing at the MVP level, and Kyrie just playing um, as good as he's played in like, the last five years. He's playing great. It's just that it's something going to happen where he's going to be taken off the court for injury or saying something or not coming to practice or like if they do have practice or whatever. But um, right now they're playing very, very well. Um, and they do have good team chemistry for a team that you said doesn't really hang out. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I don't, I don't know much about that. I don't know what it's like to be an NBA player, but I imagine most players probably don't, don't like going to shoot arounds. They'd probably rather do that stuff on their own um, and get their shots up, you know, with their trainers and stuff. I, I'd have to think you need team chemistry to get to get by, but maybe with this team and kind of the way they play. I mean, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, probably two of the most naturally, you know, talented basketball players in the world. They probably don't need to practice that much. <laughs> they just go out there and do their thing. Um, and then with Ben Simmons kind of running the offense, they I don't I don't know if they're running a lot of specific sets. It's probably kind of more of a motion offense i mean i don't i don't watch the team a ton but that's what that's what it made they made it sound like and if you haven't listened go listen to ryan russell's podcast with the nets reporter i just thought it was really interesting to hear that they've not been spending any time together and they've gone on this big win streak and apparently Kyrie's kind of stopped stopped giving such long-winded answers to reporters questions to protect himself from saying weird things probably yeah and another reason why they're winning a lot right now is because um, they're playing good defense and they're rerunning the ball. I know they have the worst uh, rebounding efficiency in the NBA, but um, Claxton's playing like a, a defensive player of the year candidate. He almost averages three blocks and he's shooting. He has the best field goal percentage in the NBA shooting about 75%. So um, he's been, he's been their X factor. I think he's been really good for him. Of course, Durant averaging over 30 is great. But we expect that from a guy like Durant. I think Claxton's the reason why they've been playing so good lately. And Eubanks did have the best field goal percentage in the NBA until just this week. Now uh, Claxton's got him at 74.3 to 74.1. But yeah, Claxton is a starter who's played, you know, playing and more he shoots minutes. shoots a lot games. more. Yeah. He shoots a lot more. So yeah, um, the Nets are uh, a team to probably take a little bit more seriously. Um, and it's just basically just keeping that their core healthy. Um, we know Durant's gone down with some injuries. We know Ben Simmons sat out a whole year because of injury. We know anything could happen with Kyrie. So if they all stay together and they all stay out of trouble, I mean, it's a team that's very scary, and you don't want to play them in the playoffs in a seven-game series because most of the time they're going to have two of the best three players on the court. Yeah, I was thinking just while you were saying that of doing a little, you know, we didn't talk about this, just a quick a quick uh, thing where I go through some of the top teams in each conference and just if you give me a yes or no answer, if you think this team should be taken seriously. Like a confidence meter? Just uh, your gut reaction when I, when okay. I can't say the team. Do you think this is a real contender or is it a regular season team? Okay, okay. Boston. I still think they're a contender. 
Milwaukee. even though how they're playing right now, they're, they're still a contender. Milwaukee has the best player in the world, so they're a contender. Brooklyn. Uh, if they stay healthy, yes. All right, I, I wouldn't say it's a yes for no answer, but I get you're probably right. I I I agree with the first two. I still think no on the Nets. What about the Cavs? Um, I think the Cavs are one piece away. I think they're um someone to kind of step in for that Levert Acoro role. Um, I think they're so a great. Reg- it depends. I think on the they're traits. a great regular season team. I don't think they're a contender just yet, unless they make a huge trade. Yeah, I mean, if like if they've like, like we talk about how Bagdanovich is like the the key asset of any team. If he steps into like that Levert role, I think they're a contender then. And then last one in the East, just because unless you want to say that the Knicks, Pacers, Heat, or Hawks no. are contenders, but Sixers, um, they're kind of in the same role as Cleveland. I think they're a player away. Um, and I think their coaching is a little, it's a little wayward. So, um, I think they have the the core of Harden and um, Embiid, but I think they're a piece away, and I don't think their coaching is very good. So I'll say no. Out of Brooklyn, Cleveland, and Philly, who would you be most shocked if they won the title? Brooklyn, Cleveland, and Philly. Yeah. Um, I would say Philly because I just don't believe in James Harden in a playoff series. Um, and I'd be surprised if he ever won a playoff series, uh, like a you know, like a finals. Um, Brooklyn, it wouldn't 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 shock me at all because Kevin Durant's one of the best five players in the world. Um, and then Cleveland's like they just don't really have anybody that's been there before. So I would say if I was going to order, Philly would be the most shocking because of just James Harden's playoff resume, and then Cleveland, and then Brooklyn. Yeah, I I think I'm the same, but I'd say Cleveland most shocked for me. Just if I if I saw that a team, a Donovan Mitchell led team who was kind of being thrown around as a overrated at the end of last year, who who has Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen as the other best players, you know Evan Mobley second year guy Jared Allen was a throw in in the Harden trade that'd be pretty shocking to me, but no I think I agree with everything you're saying. Um, do we want to do the West or are we we happy with just talking East? As far as I, I think West, I think West is kind of just like there's there's three teams in the West. I think it's Denver, Memphis, and New Orleans. I mean, you, you could say Dallas, but they just it's Luca in in fourteen scrubs, so you can't really um, put Dallas in there. And then the Clippers is kind of similar to the Brooklyn. They're they're a team that could go on a twelve game winning streak if everyone stays healthy, but no one stays healthy enough. So I think there's only three teams in the West as well. Not not the Warriors or the Suns if they get healthy. I just can't put the Warriors in there yet because I, I got to see Curry play when he comes back. Um, But, yeah, Warriors is another team that can go on a long winning streak. I know they've won five in a row. I don't know how they're doing tonight. But, um, yeah, they're a team that could get in there. But Well, they're currently right down now, three with four seconds left to the Pistons, who the Blazers just killed. So that's a little concerning. Yeah. So I, I think right now it's – I mean, there's two teams, I think, because of the, the, the Zion injury we'll talk about. I think Denver and Memphis are kind of just above everybody in the West right now. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, weirdly, just to kind of give some context, looks like Isaiah Stewart and Draymond Green got into a fight 
Isaiah the, Stewart. Isaiah Stewart was gets one, into a fight. Yeah, but the score at the time of this fight is 117-112. And the game is currently 119-116 with one second left. So I'm wondering if there were technicals thrown around in the last minute of the game. Anyways, yeah, up and down for the Warriors, but they're missing Curry. They're missing oh, the Warriors game. just hit a game-time three. And I'm sure it was Clay Thompson, or wasn't it? Anyway, Clay has been just absolutely clutch lately, and this is again in Chase Center, which you said has been magical lately. It's been magical. Last they've won, they've won five games in a row, and all of them have been fourth quarter comebacks. Like you said, the Atlanta game, um, they were up by twenty one, they blew it, but they were down, I think nine in the fourth quarter, came back and won. So I don't know what's going on with that arena right now, but they just they even yeah, when they're supposed to lose Clay again. Reason. Clay, twenty six foot three point jumper. They're probably going to go into overtime and win. I, I don't know how <laughs> they get by with this every single night, but um, last but not least, Zion expected to miss multiple weeks with the right hamstring strain. I would say that's probably you know not a great injury, but I'm not a doctor. I would think a hamstring strain is not as concerning as like a knee would be because you know when a guy's that heavy you you get worried about his knee having long-term damage you know his body weighing down on him i don't think a hamstring is the same but you know i'm not i'm not claiming to be a medical professional um and then the other thing we want to do is kind of just give our all-star picks at this point in the year um that's coming up it's usually around february if i remember correctly around around valentine's day so kind of just give our predictions we're each going to give the five starters the seven reserves, so twelve players, and then we're going to give four snubs each. And I know, I know, Carson has some thoughts about the All Star game before we start that activity. Yeah. So uh, one thing I've been thinking about just the All Star game is like, just like we've talked about this, like how many players are able to score forty points any given night, and just like how much talent um, is shown, and how basically NBA All Star is like a place to kind of showcase the best talent in the NBA. And I just think that having them uh, only on 12-man rosters just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, an NBA roster is 15, right? So why wouldn't you make the All-Star game 15? That just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, And just to put into context, like, the 1961 season, when there was only nine teams in the NBA, nine teams in the NBA, they had 12-man rosters. Now we have 30. Why did we only have 12-man rosters? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, my only thought is, like, if you do 15, since there's 12 active guys on an NBA roster, if you do 15, are you going to make three of the guys sit out? I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, I do want to say uh, Sadiq Bey just hit a game-winning three to beat the Warriors, so the magic has ended. But, yeah, with with the All-Star thing, I, I don't know. It's hard because, like, guys want to watch the main guys play, and there's been years, like, when LaMarcus made it where he didn't really play many minutes, but I do think... It's more about the achievement of making the All-Star game than it is playing yeah. a lot of minutes. One thought I have, though, is, you know, when you change things like this, it starts to taint the history books because All-Star appearances on someone's resume become less meaningful when they are more frequent, like they happen more often. But like you said, it's already hard to compare because in 1961, there were only nine teams in the NBA. So how much does an All-Star appearance really mean? So I, well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you're getting a guy that made the All Star. I don't know. I don't know the rosters back in 1961. So I'm just assuming. But you had Will. But like, I'm guessing there's a guy that probably averaged nine, ten points and made the All Star game. It just doesn't. It just doesn't add up. Or a guy that's going to maybe be averaging 23 to 25 isn't going to make it. 
it just doesn't yeah, make any yeah. sense to me. Don't don't fact check Carson and try to find a guy who averaged nine and made the All Star team. But <laughs> I'm we just get guessing. The point. I'm just guessing. There, I, my guess is there's no one in 1961 that had the talent of either Jeremy Grant or Dame that made that that didn't make the All Star game. I mean, Jeremy Grant would have been Michael Jordan in 1961. <laughs> I, well, I you're, saying... you're getting you're getting the thing. Like if I I, I just I think no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, in football, anybody makes the, the, um, Pro Bowl or whatever they call it. But like, I mean, I guess they technically do have fifteen man rosters because of all the injuries that come into play, and people that sit out. But like, if you have just like fifteen people that make it on each side, and then you have it, then it gives just more opportunity for guys to make the All Star team. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I, I think that it really does feel well for like small market teams, small market fans to see their guy go to the All Star game when they probably deserve it. Um, so I agree. But let's move into the rosters. I know we had the same starting lineups, I believe, on both sides. So I'm just going to read our starters um, for both teams, and we'll get into the reserves and snubs. So we both, for the East, had Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I, I had some doubt at that at first, and I looked at the stats. I think he really does deserve it, especially with the way the positions are done. And then we both had Donovan Mitchell. Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then in the West, we both had Doncic, Curry, which he's missed some games. I still think he deserves it. I mean, he's Steph Curry. Then Ja, LeBron, and Jokic. I think some people might not put LeBron there, but... You know. uh, well, I, like, the thing is, is, like, I'd put LeBron, like, just for, like, domination-wise, I'd put LeBron or AD in that spot. Over, and AD like, has... over Malik Monk. <laughs> yeah. But, like, <laughs> Um, but AD hasn't played, and he's not going to play basically probably till the All Star game. So there's really no there's no way you can put him in there. And I like LeBron's going to get basically all the votes as well. So I think there's no doubt LeBron's going to get there. He's almost averaging thirty points a game at his age. I mean, he'll probably start in the All Star game until he retires, just because of votes. Yeah. And it's not like it's undeserving. I mean, LeBron has been unbelievable this year. He's had like. He had like eight straight games of 30 points. He had a couple 40-point games. I mean, the Lakers just suck. And, you know, that could be his fault for the way he, you know, wanted Westbrook and all that. But regardless, he's putting up numbers. Yeah. Um, um, he sat out tonight with um, an illness. It seems like everyone's getting sick right now. I, I think he sense. had COVID, didn't he? Uh, they said non-related, but flu season's going around. I don't know. Something's going around. Oh, they said non-related. Okay. It looks like Dame's a little sick, too, the way he's been playing lately. Yeah, definitely. Um, As far as Fog, reserves... Foggy in the head. Foggy in the head with all the late-game crucial just turnovers and everything. Yeah, they have been rough. But, you know, for all the heroics he's had at the end of the games, hopefully this is just a short, a short little rut he's in. But as far as reserves in the East, we both had Joel Embiid. We both had Jalen Brown. Uh, we both have DeMar DeRozan. We both have Julius Randle. We both have Kyrie Irving. But then we do differ a little. You have Jimmy Butler in there. You have Bam Adebayo in there. I decided not to go with any Heat players. They just haven't been that good as a team this year, and Butler's missed a lot of time. I instead put Siakam in there, who I understand has missed some games, but he's had some just, you know, his his numbers this year have been awesome. He's had some pretty crazy nights kind of leading a toronto team that's not that great this year 26 and a half points 8.3 rebounds 
6.7 assists, definitely a guy I wish was on the Blazers. And then Darius Garland, that's mostly a, a reward from me for how good Cleveland has been. But he's also averaging around eight assists, 21 points. Um, and, you know, been been fairly efficient all year. Yeah. Um, I put Butler in there just because of how good he is on defense, even though for a team that's just not been – the best um and he hasn't played the most amount of games i still think guy averaging 21 and a half six rebounds five assists almost three steals a game i think he's just i feel like he's still um really good and deserves a an all-star appearance um and kind of the same thing with bam i think he's been playing really well basically playing the five position with really no help around him um no big help around him as well so i think i mean maybe only one of them makes it um, but I think both of them have played really, really well, even though their record doesn't resemble it. Yeah, and to be fair, I had a tough time deciding between Garland, Butler, Brunson, um, Holiday, and Autobio. Those are my those those are just spoiler. My snubs are Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brunson, uh, Drew Holiday, Holiday, and Bam Autobio. I did have a tough time with that, so it's not like it's clear cut for me. And I do have Butler and Autobio there. I was a little bit surprised that you didn't have holiday or Garland, but I, I do, you know, their stats aren't, they, they don't jump off the page. It's more of kind of a team reward from me. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, similar to you, you had Siakam making it. I had him on my snubs. I had Brunson as well. I think either Brunson or Randall will make it. Um, I think they're in a similar situation where they're similar to Portland um, where I think probably Jeremy Grant or Dane makes it. I think probably Brunson or Randall makes it. Uh, I don't think both will make it. Um, and then I had James Harden, who he's been better the last couple of weeks getting assists and kind of just letting Embiid run the show. Um, but his numbers are still good. We know how good he is on offense. He can put on an offensive show in a all-star game. And then um, it was kind of between Trey Young or DeJounte Murray for my last one. And I think just consistency-wise and not being a hindrance to his team and just – the way he plays, I think DeJounte Murray would deserve it for me over Trey Young. If people were voting, Trey Young would probably get voted, but I think DeJounte would be my pick for this, my last snub. Yeah, and these are our picks. It's not necessarily what we think is going to happen. I bet Trey will make it as well just because a lot of people like him. A lot of people hate him, but a lot of people like him. And he's a popular, popular guy. People like kind of seeing the villain. Um, so... Yeah, no, I think we're pretty consistent on those. I think I our our only main difference was you had Deontay in there. Um, you had Harden in there, and then I had Holiday and Garland as far as either being a reserve or a snub. Um, so are you ready to move on to the West? Yeah, I think the West we have the exact same picks. Exactly. We have the same picks, but we have different res you know, I put for example, I put Laurie Markin in my reserves. You put him in your snubs. But yes, my reserves are Laurie Markin, Jeremy Grant, Devin Booker, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Xander, Zion Williamson, um, Demonta Sabonis, and Paul George. And then my snubs are Anthony Davis, uh, De'Aaron Fox, Damian Lillard, and Anthony Edwards. I think AD would have been maybe a starter, but definitely reserve if he'd played more games. Um, Dame, I don't feel that great about even including in the snubs, but there just wasn't really another guy to put there. I, I thought about Aiton, but I mean, Lillard looking at the stats hasn't been as bad. It's more just that he has not played that many games this year and he has had some late turnovers. 
So I definitely think Jeremy Grant deserved it over him. Um, and then I don't, I, I don't know. I think Laurie Markkinen, just the fact that he's taken such a jump, I think he deserves to be there, even though Utah has fallen off. They were so good at the beginning of the year. And then obviously SGA, Booker deserve it. You know, Booker would be a starter if he played more. Sion could easily be a starter. Sabonis and Fox have just led the Kings to being a good team. And Paul George has quietly been good down down in L.A. Um, but yeah, do you want to give more? You want you want to give your picks now? Yeah. Um. Like it's it's very it's very like it's kind of con- contrary to what I said about the the Heat. Like a bad team really isn't going to have two guys. Um, make the All Star game most likely. So I think you know it's probably going to be between Jeremy Grant and Dame. It's going to be between Fox and Sabonis. And yeah, I have my reserves are Booker, SGA, Paul George, Zion, Sabonis, Jeremy Grant, and then the only difference I had was AD instead of Markkinen. Um, but just how the season's going to be played out, I don't know if AD is even going to come back for the All Star game. Um, so if he does get in the reserves, he'll probably get swapped with a big, which would be Markkinen. So. I could see it going either way with that, but and then my snubs are Dame, Markin, and Fox and Edwards. So, um, like we saw tonight, Anthony Edwards is offensively single handedly just keeping Minnesota afloat, and Russell was non existent that whole game. Who's supposed to be their second leading scorer without Towns? So, um, Edwards is great, he has a great personality, so he could be someone this last month, uh, and a half for the All Star game that could jump his way in there um and you know with all these injuries that people are coming down with like um three of my guys um in the reserves booker ad and zion are all out for a month so anybody can jump in so yeah i mean it all changes like you said ad's been hurt i would have had him on my reserves but i put him on the snubs just because i think even if he makes a team he's going to be replaced which, I would. I mean, if I'm in the Lakers, if he makes it, I'm just not even playing him in it because he'll get hurt. Yeah, there's no reason for him to play in it. I mean, he can get. He's made of glass, like we've seen. I don't think he will be back, but there was some encouraging uh, news last week that he wasn't feeling that much pain anymore after after a bunch of bad news that it looked like he was going to be out longer than expected. So we'll see about that. Um, All star game. You know, things could change. Somebody could get hurt. Some guy could, you know. Trey Young could start averaging 45 points a game over the next few weeks and may may make him put it may make me put him in there. Um, but those are our predictions right now. As far as the Blazers upcoming games, the Blazers play Friday at Indiana, Sunday at Toronto, and then come home for a long homestand against the Magic. I don't even know if I want to give our predictions because it feels like everything we say lately has just been the opposite. It's been hard to predict. <laughs> Earlier in the year, I would say, you know, I want to go 3-0 and against the Pacers, Raptors, and Magic, especially because, you know, Magic and Raptors, or Magic and Pacers are lower-tier teams, but we've seen both those teams beat good teams. We've seen both those teams play really well on some nights, and then Toronto, typically one of the better teams, we've seen lose a ton of games, so I don't really know how And Toronto it. tonight, that Toronto game tonight was crazy. They were down by 21 with about three minutes left. They came back and tied it, go to overtime, and then they lost. Um... Like we like Giannis had a great week. He had, he had um he averaged he had three games of 40, uh, 40, 10 rebounds and five assists, uh, three games in a row. And then tonight he had 30, 20, and ten. So he's been playing amazing. Um, but yeah, like just looking at it, I mean, the Pacers are 
the best team of these three. Um, they're going to have Halliburton. I know we played them the, fir- the first time without him. So it'll be a little bit interesting there. Um, but the Magic... Why do, why do uh, you, you watch a lot of them? Why does Nemhard only take like four shots a game when he plays 30 minutes? He, does, he just doesn't shoot that much. Yeah, because a lot of their offense just runs through pick and pops with um, Turner um, and then Halliburton kind of just driving and throwing out to to Matherin or Neesmith or or their main guy, buddy. So yeah, he's just guess... kind of he's kind of just their guard that stands in the corner, basically, and just is mostly their defensive stopper. Okay, that makes sense. It's just odd. Like, I mean, I look at the game logs: twenty minutes, one shot; nineteen minutes, four shots; thirty-five minutes, five shots. I mean, he weird. can be efficient when he has the ball in his hands. We we saw those games when Halliburton was out. Yeah, thir- thirteen of twenty-one against the Warriors for. 31 points so yeah no the the Pacers like I said the Pacers are I think they're they're a player away or a couple players away from I mean coming into the year we thought that they would be selling players like Heald and Turner but I think that they should try to keep them and build around their team because I think we talk about how the Nets have like no team chemistry at all but I I think the Pacers probably have the most team chemistry of anybody um just watching them and like I feel like they just really, really like each other. Um, you'll see that on Friday. Um, I think it'll be probably a pretty good game in Indiana as well. But yeah, like they're one of the most fun teams to watch, and a lot of that is because of how they play. But just I think they really, really like each other. Yeah, I'm really excited to see us play them on Friday. I'm excited to see Nemhard and Halliburton play together. Just because I mean, I watched Nemhard at Gonzaga for years and he he took the ball up the court he scored a lot in the fast break he drove to the rim he was just a guy standing in the corner it's never what he did so i'm interested to see how he's still... do you know what time that raptors game is on sunday 12 30 i believe yeah it's always an early game in toronto i i love it though we usually which don't is weird because i don't know if they just host more more morning games over there it's not like toronto's way ahead time zone wise I'm, no I'm pretty sure it's... Usually, like, it's it's usually i don't know what i don't know i mean the nba plays the schedule i don't it seems like every time we play toronto we play them on a saturday or sunday and it seems like it's always early we've had um, like the 10 a.m games against them 9 a.m over the years and at there we usually don't play very well against them but hopefully um with them not playing as well we'll yeah. we'll pull one out yeah, you know us. We're the team that breaks every other team's struggles. Yeah, they'll probably well, somebody, they'll probably beat us somebody by Somebody always goes off. I mean, we started the Jordan Poole thing. I mean, Jordan Poole has been terrible, and they dropped forty against us. Yeah, can we just recognize how stupid his foul was a couple nights ago? I'm I'm blanking on who they were even playing. Oh, the Hawks. He fouls Trey Young with like thirty sec, exactly thirty seconds left. Hawks are down, I believe, two. He just fouls him, you know, sends him to the line for no reason. They're in the penalty. He just, like, basically does a take foul. They didn't call it a take foul. And then he has a couple possessions. He shoots a terrible three, makes – oh, can't even get a shot off. get a shot off. He doesn't yeah. get a shot off where Clays has 50. I mean, he's I stupid know. talented, but he seems like Anthony Simons with even a worse basketball IQ. Yeah, I don't think his basketball IQ is very high. He's just a very gifted scorer. Yeah. Like I said, I've talked about it before. I don't think his playmaking is very good. Um, he's yeah, he's very. I mean, to compare two players, I think him and Ant are very, very comparable. 
Yeah, and against us with like a minute left, he tried to do that move where you go behind the back and then like spin when no one is. And then he lost it, it out of bounds. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. though, I'm hoping for two two and one. I, I don't I'm hope I, I'm thinking we'll probably I don't even want to give predictions on the games. I just hope we're going two and one. It's it's too hard at this point. Yeah, I mean it's just these are these are gonna be the biggest games for um Portland the rest of the month, just having so many home games expecting to win a lot of them and like i said if we come out of this just average like we've been all year i just don't know how um cronin doesn't make the trade to to basically get better or just throw in the towel like i just don't think you can just stay for like for a 41 41 record and lose a guy like hart or grant at the end of the year for nothing. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to throw in the towel, but I think it does matter. Are we going to actually make a big move that's like a, you know, this year move, or are we going to make a move that's a next year, two years from now move? And I, I do think these games are important. If we can go 2-0 and against the Pacers and Raptors, come home, start a big homestand with some momentum against the Magic, that could be really yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, but... that's 12 of your next 13 games at home after those two games. It's just so many yeah. home games. And they're, they they are tough games, though. That That's one issue. I mean, just to just to give it an even further look ahead, Blazers, they're going to be, like we said, at Indiana on Friday. They're going to be at Toronto versus Cleveland or versus Orlando, but then versus Cleveland, versus Dallas, versus Dallas, versus Denver, versus Philly, versus LA, versus San Antonio, versus Utah, versus Toronto, versus Atlanta, versus or at Memphis. And then it just doesn't get that easy until kind of later in the back half of the year. But big games for the Blazers, big decisions to make for Cronin. Hopefully we can go 2-0 or 2-1, 3-0. Any parting words before we call it a night? Uh, yeah, like I said, like just hope for the best for uh, DeMar Hamlin and hope for some good news when I wake up tomorrow. It seems like it was better news when I woke up today. So um, hopefully tomorrow I just get some better news and um, he's just doing okay. I mean, it's, it's just – just such a, just a. I don't want to say fluke, but just such a like. It's just a people. It's a, a freak lot of people accident. Are, it's a freak like. accident. A lot of people are saying that it's football related. Whatever. It's 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 just it's a one in a million thing that happened, and it happens every day um, around the world. It's just that it was broadcasted on national TV and everybody saw it. So and it's um, a young dude, and no one's expecting yeah. it. Yeah. So um, we just hope for the best for him and. Um, yeah, just just hang in there. Yeah, best of luck to Demar Hamlin. That that is his name, correct? Yes, that is his name. okay. All right, I'm not a big football <laughs> guy, but best of luck to him. Best of luck to the Blazers in the next few games, and best of luck to everyone out there. Hope you have a great night. Thanks for joining us on Rippin' Hoops, associated with the Rose City Hoops Instagram page. Have a good one. <laughs>